Goblins has three eyes. It's Amigos, episode 309. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to talk about goblins. Now, Aaron, in the whole cornucopia of your bad guy, Uvoir, where do goblins rank? You got your orcs, you got your ogres, you got your Urukai. Do you like goblins as a, as a bad guy? If you're DMing and you want to put some bad guys in a room, are you going to go right to the goblins? Here's the way. Here's the pecking order, Bode. Right, you've got you've got uh, uh, dangerous flora and fauna, okay. and molds and slime. They're at the mm. bottom. All right. Yeah. Then are they got sentient? Your, eh, it depends. Mm. Then you got your kobolds. All right, little dog guys. All right. Okay. Right below, right above them, there's where the goblins are. They're mm, right there, pretty low you, on the pecking order. That's right. Then you got your hobgoblins, then you got your orcs. That's the that's the way you rank them. Now, goblins are you put a bunch of goblins in a in a room or something so that uh, your party can go in there and feel like uh, Bruce Lee as they're <laughs> wiping out hordes of these little geeks mm-hmm. uh, and, and laughing. And so, yeah, I would not put them high in the pecking order, man. Yeah, yeah. Now, where do you see goblins in terms of their intellect? Do you think that they're more clever than the bigger guys, or, or are they just sort of dumb and weak? They're dumb and weak. Yeah, they're yeah. not clever. Well, that, like, that's if you're taking it, on the goblin genius, it, don't worry. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, it's it's. I, I, I had a feeling that you'd say that, considering that these, these particular creatures were chosen to be uh, the stars of this week's game. So we'll see how that plays out. But... <laughs> Before we take a deep dive into goblin territory, Aaron, it's been there's been some mega news this past week. Why don't we check it out, man? Mega news. All right, Aaron, we're going to start things off with some gaming news. There is a new, well, well, a classic Amiga game has gotten a new coat of paint. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we have some history with this series, the Supercars <laughs> series. Yeah. In, in fact, I believe that we've done both games, I think, on Amigos at some point in the past. And as part of that, uh, you actually checked out the third game in the series, which was a PC-only release. And I believe that you talked. Didn't you have some sort of an exchange with the author? I did, actually. This is a uh, the third-party release. It was uh, some dude... That was bored is the release. This is not like an actual release, uh, and it was real good. I mean, I have to say it was it, it was uh, quite quite a, a good effort on this guy's behalf. And so when I heard that this was being done with the uh, an AGA rebuild of this, and I know you were excited about mm-hmm. it, uh, I was interested to see what they had uh, put together here. And uh, and so I had a look, and what they put together here was. Uh, uh, Supercars 2 with the better graphics. And, um, well, <laughs> we're looking at it here if you're watching live. Yeah, the, well, okay, <laughs> Let, let's, let's, let's back up the claim of better graphics. Yeah. I think that there's more colors. There's definitely yes. more colors on the screen. Um, there is music playing <laughs> now. Um, but if don't trip over yourselves, guys, to download this game. Um, it runs at approximately the same speed as Molasses. Um, well, and the soundtrack is, it might be the worst music I've ever heard in my life. 
I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> it is. It, it takes all the boxes for generic Amiga soundtrack. It's come. It's got some of that like eerie, like oh, 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 stuff going on. There's some sort of a beat in there, but it's nothing that makes you want to fire up your your supercar and drive it around a track. I can tell you that. Just from what I've gleaned from looking this over, so there was a release of supercars called Supercars International. It's the VGA release, but mm-hmm. okay. And by the way, the one I played had also drawn from this as well uh, on the PC. And so what they did was they took they took a lot of the uh, stuff out of that and ripped it and and, and remade Supercars too. Now, uh, this is a game I, I can only assume would run much better on an accelerated machine. Hmm. Uh, the video that they have up here, it looks like they repainted these. Uh, you'd mentioned that they'd given this a fresh coat of paint. It looks like they painted it with like a real heavy varnish and just put on, kept putting on layers so the car couldn't move. I mean, these things are, yeah. they're incredibly slow. And I can't imagine anyone would want to play this uh, uh, in its current state. Uh, but it's done. And assuming that it runs better on a newer fresher faster amiga and there's plenty of those out there now that would probably be a lot more fun but and yeah. it's on a stock amiga if that's what we're looking at here in the video it does not look fun yeah now <laughs> pixels of dawn does point out that all the colors are are all the cars are different colors now yeah which i'm i'm sure you know that does make it more exciting if you know who you're targeting things like that but it doesn't matter how many colors the cars are. If the game runs, if the game runs at a clip where it's just sort of chugging along, yeah, uh, you know the, the the reason why you play car games is to go fast. So hopefully, in a you know the, you know how stuff goes with the Amiga, you never know what kind of Amiga this thing is running on. Right. I don't know if it says in the in the YouTube description or not. And like you said, if you if you do have the ability to accelerate this thing. And uh, and make it make it run a little bit better. Then you've probably got something here. This reminds me. You ever, you ever been to Kings Island the amusement park? They got these old timey cars. Yeah. That you could get in. They're yep. on rails mm-hmm. and they go about eight miles an hour. And you're yeah. Peep up. That's what this reminds me. Of. It's like they got a bunch of geriatrics. It's like a day pass from the old folks' home. And they're like, <laughs> "Quick, get in these sports cars." And they're like, "Okay, sonny." And they get in yeah. there and they they're just cruising along oh by the way some will explode and die but still <laughs> so you, yeah yeah uh, that's a we'll we'll check back on that one uh when we uh see a, a sped up version boat absolutely absolutely all right aaron let's move on uh there's another new game uh, update uh there's a revision of a c64 game that's been ported to the amiga called lumberjack now, we've talked about Lumberjack uh, before. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while, though, since we've talked about it. And from what I've looked at on this video, they've really added a lot of cool features. Now, Lumberjack at its core is a very simple game. All you're doing is you're, you're, you're a Lumberjack. You're chopping down a tree and you're moving left and right to avoid the uh, the, the limbs as, as they come down. Um but, you know, this is one of these games that once you get good at it, it's it's sort of like it, it, it sort of becomes like a Zen exercise to play. Uh, they've added some new backgrounds. I think that they've they've made the colors. They've added some more detail to the sprites. So if you're a fan of Lumberjack of the game, uh, oh, they've also added a soundtrack, which is the Monty Python Lumberjack song. So if you've Makes been sense. eager to hear that in in mod format or whatever, you, you can. Um, and uh, yeah, check this out. You know, they've this game has been released for every conceivable format. I mean, it's it's like the it's like the Frogger of of or something. It's everywhere. 
And so it's nice to see that they're, that they're still working on it. Have you ever played this one? I, you know, I really need to check this one out because I do like there's a there's another lumberjack game that's an arcade game. Uh, it's it stars the same guy that's in Domino Man. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think uh, I think the game is called Timber, but I'm not oh, sure. Oh, Timber, yeah, I've played yeah. that. Oh, yes, yes, and it's got the same kind of weird graphical format as that one right. too. I right. never ready to actually put those two together, but now that you mention it, yeah, you're right. I do see that. So I do like a good lumberjack game. So I'll probably yeah. check this out. Now, how do you think you'd fare as an actual legitimate lumberjack? I, I would not last one day. Really, the first and, tree, the first tree I would fell would fall directly on me. Now here's, that would be here's, the end. here's my next question: Who would be a, who would perform a, a better as a lumberjack, you or your wife? Oh well, Eep Eep would probably. She has what you call tree climbing ability. Yeah, and I think that you've got she was so what she'd do is she'd probably just you know hoist herself up on one of those trees and go to work with the axe. Yeah. She'd probably she would, chop the tree down on top of me. She would laugh. humble you, is what you're saying. She would humble <laughs> oh, any, yes. but most people we know because she, she she's great at that sort of thing. Yeah. All right, Aaron. We're moving on to some hardware news this week. Uh, this is a new update for an A2000 motherboard. You know, the, the 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 new hotness these days is recreating Amiga motherboards in new and interesting form factors. And uh, what this guy has done is he has created an A2000 motherboard in an EATX form factor. Now, I believe that EATX is a uh, is sort of a variant. You've got your normal ATX, you got your mini ATX, your micro ATX. I don't know what an EATX board is. Do you know what that is, Aaron? Just another wacky format boat. I've not heard of that one either. Okay. I assume it extend. I'm assuming the E is for enhance or extended. Oh, extended ATX. Yeah. Thank you, Picard. There you go. So make it so. Uh, this is a this is an opportunity for you to put your soldering skills to the test. Of course, this is just the blank board. You're going to have to attach all the components yourself. But if you if you have a really cool, uh, you know, ATX case, EATX case, and you want to put your mother, you know, put an Amiga in there, this is a way to do it. The guy says that um, he has video output working through a Pi HDMI card, which our good buddy Frank sells over at Retro Rewind, and he says Diagram is running. He says there are still some problems to solve. He leaves it at that. So this is still a work in progress, but it's I think it's really cool to see. I saw there was a, an Atari 8-bit board that is similar to this that fits in a really small case that uses all original chips and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, I think these kind of projects are neat. Call it, call John Marshall. Get him ready. Yeah, we yeah. got another project for you, John. After you finish up with your other Amiga. <laughs> All right, Aaron. There's a new video this week from our buddy Chris Edwards. Chris Edwards Restoration. Have you watched this one yet? I have not seen this one, Boaster. This is his. Uh, he's he's installing Amiga uh, OS 3.2 on his Amiga 600 with the Furia accelerator on there, and it doesn't oh. go smoothly. Aaron, he uh -oh. runs into some bumps in the road, but this is cool because you want to see you want to see what happens. Yeah, uh, it, it's somehow you know whenever you're doing projects like this, it's good to know that you're not the only person that has trouble setting stuff like this up, and it, it's good to watch him work through it, and yeah. it makes you feel like you're not alone. If you watch any of Chris's videos, you're gonna feel like that every time. <laughs> he's, there's two, his the the uh, you know it's the it's the difficulty points you know and then style points and recovery points and his difficulty is always off the charts. He's throwing the goofiest crap you've ever seen. I have no doubt this is also goofy, but that normally he'll power through. So yeah, I'm gonna check this one out. This one snuck past me, Boatster. But uh, I know the Fury at popular, so I'd be interested to see how that thing goes. Yeah, yeah. So check that out. And finally, Aaron, 
we have uh, our Retro Rewind pick of the week. And I thought that I would mention this because of that EATX form factor Amiga 2000 project. Just a reminder that if you're looking for a, an easy and relatively inexpensive way to get HDMI output out of your Amiga, why not consider the Amiga RGB to HDMI adapter sold from our friends at RetroRewind.ca. This is the gimmick that goes right into, uh, you plug it into the, your, your, your Denise, your, uh, your socketed Denise chip. Uh, you put your uh, cable onto that and then boom, you put your Raspberry Pi Zero on top of that hat style and boom, you got HDMI out on your Amiga. Uh, this thing is available for $33 uh, from Retro Rewind, and you can save 10% off this or any order by using the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. We do appreciate Frank. He's a fine Canadian, and uh, he does great <laughs> stuff over at Retro Rewind. Uh, make sure you check him out, and we thank him for sponsoring AMIGOS. Yes, yes, outstanding. A fine Canadian indeed. <laughs> hey, Bo, before we close up the news here, uh, our good buddy Dave Velociraptor brought this to my attention. We chatted about it before the show. Uh, our good buddy and your personal chum uh, from This Week at Retro, Neil uh, from RMC, has uh, posted an interesting comment here on Twitter, if I may uh, quote. He says, I'm desperate to tell you more, but while my hands are still tied, if you're thinking of getting an FPGA device for retro gaming, hold fire, put your wallet down, and set tight. Something awesome comes this way. More details in the coming weeks ahead. Uh, we were speculating earlier, both what this could be uh, that is uh, coming down the pike. If if you were going to come up with something to uh, surpass or or make more available, uh, something like a Mister, where would you go, my friend? Well, you can't beat the Mister. I mean, you just can't beat it. I can't think of anything that is would be better than the Mister, but I can think of something that would be cheaper than the Mister. Because mm -hmm. you can think of whatever you want. So uh, if there is an FPGA device out there that maybe does 80% of what the Mr. does, say it will do all of your 8 and 16-bit computers. Maybe it won't do the Neo Geo stuff. You know, Maybe it'll have socketed RAM. A lot of times, if you can get a single board computer with, say, 64 megs of socketed RAM versus having that extra RAM board and the extra expense, you know that would run pretty much anything the Mr. would do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, but here's the problem, Aaron, the real reason the Mr. is amazing is because of the development community behind it. Yes. There's, there's tons of people out there that are doing tons of development on the Mr. And it's the network effect. Since everybody has one, everybody's going to develop for it. That's the reason why we're talking about the Mr. and not the atomic pie or whatever. It's, it, <gasps> it's not, it's not that the atomic pie Cheap wasn't shot, an awesome. It's not that it wasn't an awesome <laughs> machine. It's just that it didn't get the it didn't get the cumulative effects of the internet behind it rallying around it like the Mister did. Well, to be fair, the 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 Atomic Pie would run Linux or uh, Windows. So I sure, was covered either way, it was a, it was a very capable machine. Yeah. Just for whatever reason, you know how things work on the internet. People glom onto stuff. You know, yeah, boy, I could do a whole show. Oh wait, I did. But the, yeah, that the Atomic Pie is wacky. So here's my take on this uh, wacky behind the scenes news, and apparently. Our buddy Frank's also in the know here, so mm. clearly there's a there's a uh, a bug in the ears out there. So I see this from two different angles. But angle the one, uh, this is a cheap alternative. As you uh, mentioned, uh, angle the two is that perhaps they have come up with a, a uh, an FPGA device that will uh, further 
extend its reach into the realm of retro gaming to the tune of stuff, say, like N64 uh, 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 or yeah, Dreamcast right. or PlayStation, right. that sort of thing. I didn't uh, even limited. think about it being I didn't even think about it being more advanced. Of course, yeah. that's the, of course, that's probably. Now, the, yeah, I don't have my finger on the pulse of the uh, FPGA community. In fact, my hands are completely off the the whole wrist of the community. I just sit back and hit the button and make things get updated and play mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, it would be nice. Hey, everyone wants a device that plays everything all the time, right? So if I want to play uh, Dreamcast, I can't use the good old uh, F, the old good old uh, Mister here. I've got to load up something else. Uh, so it's always nice when you can move up the line a little bit. So I guess that's something. But I will say, I don't think we'll ever. Uh, top the mister in one area which is that it does what it does exceptionally well and it will always do what it does exceptionally well and so it's always going to be a valuable uh uh, product to have whether it's made obsolete is almost a certainty because everything eventually is Mm -hmm. Uh, but it will be interesting to see what uh what's on the horizon and uh, i'm guessing we'll know something fairly soon boaster yeah we will definitely definitely uh have a chat about this perhaps if it's announced on uh, next and next insert disc two, this would be a fun thing to to toss around if more information gets released. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, it's time to talk about goblins. Oh man, here we go, boat. It's time now. I always ask, have you pe- played goblins or even heard of goblins before this week? I never even heard of goblins before this week. Me, I I may have, but I know certainly I never gave it a go here. So. Let's talk about the old goblins. That's goblins spelled with three eyes. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I read the wiki on this, and the wiki says, and I and I wonder if this is baloney or not, but I'm, it says here that the reason there are three lead eyes and goblins is because that's how many characters you can control in the game, right? Yeah, that's that's what I thought it was for. In also. goblins two, there's two eyes. Mm. Now in goblins quest three, there's one eye. And in Goblins four, there's three eyes. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to go all the way, and they just make an apostrophe in the in the place of the eye. Goblins. I just want to. What I want to say is, wow, Goblins four. <laughs> Listen, this was, was a baffled. popular series. Apparently, I was baffled when I read that. Goblins <laughs> four. That's a thing. So it may or may not mean that your your mileage may vary. Uh, this was listed as being released in '92, although the uh, title screen this thing says 91 but it was you know, really shortly thereafter i noticed uh in the documentation of this boat and it's funny because you mentioned this to me on discord that uh, uh the documentation only covers this for the amiga 1000 uh and this game requires a to start the game you have to use the new the numerical keypad mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is odd it is uh, weird uh, it is select I mean, your language, yeah. But I mean, at that point, you would think they would. It was a strange, weird thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, this was this. The people that developed this was an outfit called a C O K T E L cocktail. Um, German, I believe. Both. Yeah, that's how they uh, say cocktail over there. Is that the that's way what they? Means. Is that true? No. You lie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You stupid bum. <laughs> anyway, Cocktail developed uh, some a bunch of games. I'd only heard a few of these, but I wanted to write them down. They developed 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea boat. Wow. And, and that'd be I want to play that. I love that yeah. boat. Uh, they developed a whole slew of educational titles, including 
uh, learning English, math, counting, always mm -hmm. helpful if you can learn yeah. that. French, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. They made a, a bunch of games, though. That, remember, you ever heard of Asterix, uh, the uh, very popular... European comic book hero. That's yes. right. And he's got games like in the arcade. I think he's got some in the Super There's Nintendo. There's a billion well. Asterix games. They just yeah. never got released here. They yeah. did one here called Asterix and the Magic Carpet okay. uh, for the Amiga. Uh, Bagan Attack, a, a game called Fascination. Mm. Uh, Freedom, Me Will, Me Willow, Peter Pan uh, was one of theirs as well. So they did a bunch of games. Now we've never covered. I don't think we've ever covered any of their stuff. Uh, none that I remember. No. Uh, the uh, uh, the game they they have a a, a decent little in house group that worked on pretty much mostly the same stuff. Uh, and that that so it wasn't there wasn't a lot of uh, differences in what these guys worked on. They mostly worked in house. Um, of course, you mentioned that this was in multiple languages when you start the game, uh, French, English, German, Italian, uh, and you get to choose which one in the, uh, the manual is uh, the same way. Uh, this had three discs as well. Now, uh, this was also ECS-OCS and was converted to a lot of different machines. This was a surprise. Uh, this surprised me when I read it. Uh, you've got your, uh, the Apple iOS has got a port of this eventually, which was, I mean, so that tells you you're right. And this, I can see where this would be a good game for a, a touch device. Absolutely. Um, the classic Mac got it, Atari ST, uh, DOS. DOS ended up getting a couple versions, which we'll go into. Uh, and, uh, of course, the Amiga got it as well. Uh, the Amiga conversion, according to Hall of Light, was based on the uh, VGA version of the DOS release, which you could tell that mm -hmm. uh, pretty quick. And uh, is a uh, it's pretty much ported over. This is the point where we're starting to port stuff from DOS instead of to DOS mm -hmm. uh, boat. So, what do you do in Goblins? And I'm not... There, there's, a, there's a video that tells you really all you need to know uh, about what happened, and, and I'll just summarize the video. There's a, there's a king sitting around a table with a bunch of his uh, people they're his all court. eating his court, having a good time, and all of a sudden you see a guy hang glide behind him, and then then you see a little like a blow up in the corner of of the king as a voodoo doll, and someone's poking the king with a with a needle, and the king's yelling, and then he's whacking the king with a with a little hammer, and the king's getting bopped, and then mm -hmm. he tickles the king, and the king laughs himself almost to death. It's so, the old so, voodoo doll treatment. That's the it's the old voodoo gimmick. And you know those are never good. Mm -hmm. And so you're someone screwed with the king. Now right. that's sort of all it gives you uh, in in the open. Did you did you happen to read the notes on this in the book? You know I did not. I neglected to read the backstory well, I, this week. Allow me to just off, and this will be the briefest of brief. Um, so your t your three goblins are <laughs> Hooter, Bobo, and Dwayne. I don't know. <laughs> don't know. I can't. Wow. I don't know what's going on with those names. So Bobo is a warrior. He yeah. he's the he's the guy that punches. Okay. okay. Hooter is the ma old guy that does the magic, and Dwayne is the technician. He's the incredibly weak technician. Okay. <laughs> and so those are the guys that are, are sent out to help the king. There's a bunch of other backstory, but all these different guys you're going to confront and whatnot. And I will say the manual is. I'm not going to say it's a must. But reading it will help you at least get off a couple screens just because they give you enough of, of a tidbit of an idea as to what you're going to be doing mm -hmm. and what to look for. So, I mean, they gave you a little bit of a clue. Yeah, I, I read enough to know what the three guys did because if yeah. you, it, it's not immediately apparent 
what what their skills are. And I say yeah. skills with a great amount of uh, quotation yeah. marks. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna summarize this game and you tell me how close I get. Okay. This is a this is a single screen puzzle game that you play in real time. Uh, at manipulating your three goblins, each with their own ability, to uh, help you sort through the puzzles that are in that room. And when all the puzzles are completed, uh, you can leave that room and move on to the next room, and you'll get a code that will let you get back into the room. Uh, this is not like... The first thing you would think it would be like, oh, it's like Lost Vikings. It's not really. It is, but it's it, not... It's, it's nothing like Lost Vikings. Well, I mean, well, no. It, the, the, you've got three different guys that each have different abilities. That's okay. the same. It, it's but, like Lost Vikings in that but way. But the boards... Like, in Lost Vikings, you would go over huge complexes and levels well, of boards. It, this yeah, is and one also, static board. It's also... You have direct control over the characters in Lost Vikings. Right. So this and this, you, this, is a this has got the game. old... Yeah, the old Diablo controls where you point to where you want them to go. So, uh, what'd you think of this thing when it popped up, Boat, and your initial impressions? Um, when I first started playing it, I found it to be incredibly difficult uh, because I couldn't figure out what to do. Um, this game does not hold your hand at all, and it, I guess it, it punches your hand. Yeah, <laughs> and the, in this game, you've got you know you've got three guys. You've got a HUD at the bottom of the screen filled with items that it looks like you would be able to pick up and use for various reasons. 98% of it is completely useless on window dressing. Um, the only thing that you actually can see at the bottom of your screen that is, okay, you've got like a shelf full of different apothecary items. You've got a candle. You've got a scroll. You've got all kinds of cool looking stuff. None of it does anything. What you do see is the skull on the side of the screen is where you save. You can click on a crystal ball right in the middle of the screen to switch your guy if you don't feel like clicking on the guy. And the uh, and the um, the the window at the side on the left uh, that tells you what object you're currently holding. Okay, right. so once you determine, okay, you've got a guy that can hold stuff, you've got a guy that can punch stuff, and you've got a guy that can transform stuff with magic. Okay. And it's your job to click on everything you can to try and make stuff happen. And through the process of trial and error, you figure out what you need to do to complete these puzzles. Uh, this might be the first game of its type that I know of. This type of game continues to be very popular to this day. Uh, there's a game called Samarost. Uh, there's a game called Machinarium. Uh, the, and there's a game, there's an old Mac game called Windowsill that are similar to this, uh, where you're basically just clicking around, watching stuff happen and doing stuff and learning by trial and error. I wouldn't call these puzzles, I guess you could call them loosely logic-based puzzles, but they're really not. They're really yeah. just doing a lot of experimentation. You know what your guy's abilities are, and you know what happens when you click on certain things, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. This game punishes you when you do things incorrectly. You have a life meter that ticks down on the screen, and as you make wrong decisions, that life meter ticks down and that can kill you. You can also just die, like for example, uh, on the second level that we're watching now, if your punching guy tries to punch the last apple on the branch, he'll punch himself off the branch he's standing on. Now, there's nothing in the game that would tell you that would happen. You, you have to discover it by trial and error. So this is one of these games that you have to have a lot of patience. And the sort of puzzles in this game have to be the specific kinds of puzzles that appeal to you. I, I, I would say that. 
Yeah, when you said they were loosely logical, I agree with you. I mean, they're, they're, I, that's very loose. I mean, because, and really, the the uh, the magic guy really throws a fly in the ointment for a lot of this stuff because he does, his his results are never the same. If you if you know, okay, I got a guy that can pick stuff up, I got a guy that can punch, and let's say I got a guy that can shoot, which you don't, but let's just pretend you do. You know what your abilities are, and you can sort mm -hmm. of try to use those to scope out what your plan's going to be. This isn't a game where you make a plan. This is a game where you take, basically, you take each one of these guys and you go around do doing stuff and hoping that you've got the right guy and you're doing the right thing at the right time. Right. Uh, so, I mean, some of these are illogical to a certain degree. Like, as an example, uh, I got to a level where you have to go up. I ended up, I did pretty well at this boat, but I'm not going to tell. Anytime I got stuck, I would cheat. Mm -hmm. and, and so yeah. I, but, but I wanted, to, I played as far as I could on my own. And then when I got stuck, I would cheat. But I got to this point where, uh, uh, you have to go up a tree, I think it was, and you have to use the magic to cast a spell on a cloud. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, good lord, the cloud was just in the background. Yeah, How that's could you that's possibly a huge. Figure that's a huge problem with this game is that the game doesn't have hot spots, so you don't know what you can interact with and what you can't interact with. Do the new ones and, have hot spots in them, boat? And well, no, but the well, yes, they do. The, the your cursor will change sometimes and it depends on the game but um the to me the one of my biggest problems with this game wasn't the fact that there weren't hot spots but i had trouble clicking on things sometimes like uh, early on in the game you get a pickaxe and i put the pickaxe down and i got to the point where i couldn't pick it back up i put it down in an area of the screen where i physically could not get the guy to pick it up so i had to reset the game um and so I found that that combined with sort of the the wonky pathfinding of the guys, like directing your guys around. Yeah, it, it's the same. It's the classic problem that you have when you're playing King's Quest or any sort of game like this. Sometimes you click and the guys just won't go where you want them to go. Um, but these are both examples of this just being an early game in this particular genre. Yeah, I want to I want to make one correction. Thank you for Z9K9 for bringing this to my attention. I had it in my notes, but I'm an idiot. That cocktail is actually French, oh. uh, and they're actually in uh, 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 let's see, Medon Le Forte Sedex, France, mm. and I believe it's everything I read. There's some similar to these guys that are still around on educational stuff. So, well, I'm neat. not surprised because to me, this game has a decidedly educational uh, look to it. And by that, I mean, it's not incredibly polished. Uh, the art in this game is good. And by art, I mean the background art. Like each one of the scenes looks nice. There's not a whole lot of colors. This game suffers from the sort of Amiga, like everything is a different shade of brown or gray syndrome. I thought uh, it was Chaos, I'm talking to you. No, that's oh. the greenest purple slime that covers the palette. Um there's not a whole lot of like, if you're just looking at a screen, there's just not a whole, there's a lot of shades, but there's not a whole lot of colors. Um, but the art is very well done. However, yeah. what's not very well done is your guys walking around their animation, everything like each one of your guys, they have their do it animation. So your guy has the spell casting animation, the punch animation and the pickup animation. And there's an idle animation where they're just sitting around. They'll have an idle animation there's also an animation when you do stuff wrong. They sit there and they they scream at you in yeah. their goblin way. Yeah. 
So, which I mean, at first I thought was annoying, but then I realized actually this is a good thing because it tells you that like you're doing something, but it's not the right thing. And yeah. of course, when you do something right, then they they do backflips. However, all of these animations are pretty low rent. Uh, I was not really impressed. And like I said, this really reminds me of what you might see in like some sort of Donald Duck educational title. You know, I, I actually thought the art was pretty nice in this. I, you're, I mean, listen, when the guys move, yeah, there's a, the frame rate is low. It doesn't have to be high. You're not really actually you know, controlling them per se. It reminds me, it's like if you took a, a much more modern sprite and like laid it over the guys from like Maniac Mansion when they were, mm -hmm. <laughs> just, they're real robotic, robotic looking. Mm -hmm. And I will say the pathing in this is uh, getting them to go where you want can be a trial depending on what you're doing. And and and, and, the, and here's my biggest, well, I've got several problems. The biggest problem I've got is it's incredibly slow. Yeah. You have to sit and wait. Like mm -hmm. uh, there, and we're looking at now, not like this, like the fourth level. There's a bit where you have to go all the way to the top of the screen with one guy, come all the way down to the bottom, then wait, then go all the way back. And it takes forever. You're going back and forth over and over. And these guys aren't quick. That is no my, way to speed them up. That is and, my single biggest problem with this game. You hit it yeah. right on the head. Yeah. Yeah. You, and, and, you say so you sit and wait, and so and there's nothing worse than just sitting and watching a guy do something you see him do three or four other times, and and you and you're not doing, you're not involved, and you have to do it, and that happens over and over in this game where you have to walk back and forth up and down. Now I I understand, you know I I can almost forgive it. And this is a unique game, so I'm torn because it's an interesting the concept of a single screen puzzle game. It's almost like one of those uh, games where you uh, you used to play in like the back of Boy's Life, where you'd look for the the secret shapes hidden in the picture. Mm -hmm. This is like the next logical step: control the guys to find the secrets hidden in the picture. It's sort of mm -hmm. that's yeah. what it reminds me. Of. It's there's there's a certain charm to it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And if you if you add that in with the graphics, the fact you're playing these goofy guys, and and you're doing stuff in a goofy scenario, I mean, it's charming in in, in a way. I will uh, say I also hate the way these guys are drawn. They remind me of remember those rendered pictures in that game we played called Legends. Yeah, in between the loading screens, they're big dumb eyes. I guess this is like Europeans. Like they always have some sort of violent reaction when anything looks Japanese. They're like, well, you know, it's a very Japanese style, and they hate it. I guess this is the European style, but I don't like it. I don't I like those giant eyes, cross-eyed, dumb looking. Look at those guys. They they have punchable faces. I, I see. I'm I'm going to disagree with you there. I don't have a problem with the guys. Oh, I think I they're I think they're interesting, and I think their look is part of that. When you look at them, you know what they do, right? The old guy's the mage, right? And the guy with the horns, he's the tough guy. And then you've got yeah. the geek, the other guy. So you know right away who they are. Now, do I want to see that old guy shuffle back and forth across the street 50 times? No. And I'm not saying these guys are like, you know, the lemmings. They're not awesome, but they're a heck of a lot better than some of the people we've seen. I mean, I, I would put them slightly below the three Vikings in terms of the cuteness or the interesting to look atness of no, them. No, I'd put them. But way they do have the lost Vikings. They do have. Uh, they do have uh, idle animations. They do when they're not being used, and and also every, every time you have to load, they come up in a different wacky position, which I think is funny on the loading screens. Mm -hmm. I, and all the characters are sort of done in the same animation style. I think it's okay. It's the the graphic stylings of this fit nicely between like a. Uh, Something like a, a like a built like the Bill's Tomato game. It'd be below that, but say above like I don't know 
like a King's Quest or something. It's somewhere in between, and that's okay. I mean, it fits in there nicely. And really, this game is sort of like fits in that jo- in that area. Yeah, it's not yeah, very now, sophisticated, I, but I'm it's not. not gonna, it's you know, it's not the worst. I'm not going to bury this game at all. In fact, I think this is quite a good game. It may not be to everybody's taste, but what it does, it does well. You know, like you can tell what they're trying to do and whether you think that, you know, whether you think this kind of thing is fun or not is up to you. But like you said, it's 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 like one of those highlights for kids magazines where you find the hidden thing in the picture. You're clicking on everything. You're manipulating everything in the scene with different guys. And there's like we're watching a playthrough right now. So everything he's doing, the the player is doing, he's doing correctly. But if you do things wrong, there's funny things that happens. Like, for example, in the very first scene, you're supposed to use the maze to transform the stick into a pickaxe, which makes no sense. Like I said, these, 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 these puzzles make no logical sense a lot of time. But if you pick it up with the guy whose job is to pick things up and he tries to use it, he bangs himself on the head with it. And then and the guys, they give you the business for doing it wrong. So there's lots of animations in this game. Like I said, I wish the animations were a little bit better, but there are a lot of them in there. And this game is, you know, it's a puzzle game. It's not necessarily going to be a graphical tour de force. I do like the fact that you explore a large variety of locations. This is not like Bill's Tomato Game in which all the stages look the same. Every single background is completely different. Every single stage is like a world unto itself. It's like a little diorama. So to me, this is this is a winner. This is a winner. Well, I don't. I just. I think I like most of everything about it, but the actual playing of it is. I wouldn't. I'm not going to play it again, and because the puzzles again. I don't. I'm not the kind of guy to go sit there and click around the screen for four hours trying to figure out a puzzle. I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's where this game loses me. If you watch, if you play like a Lemmings or even Bill's Tomato Game, there's some logic in well, they're, there. They're, they're, they're different types of games. Right, the puzzles in mean, Lemmings and this in Bill's Tomato Game are all completely different. Yeah, you're uh, you're right, but I'm saying I, this is too slow for me. It okay? is a very I, I, very slow paced game. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I want to mention uh, before we get too far in, we talked about uh, Bobo and Hooter. These guys. That's the American names, these guys. These actually guys, these guys had different names in Europe. Bobo. Well, thank God they named them those names for the now, American I want, audience. I want that you really to, connected with me and you. I want you to see which, uh, you think Hooters is a good American name. Let me tell you which, <laughs> let me see which name you prefer. For Bobo, you, his real, his European name was Asgard. Asgard automatically wins any name competition. Okay. So. The second guy, Hooter, boy, this guy took a step down. Uh, his his European name is uh, Ignatius. Ignatius, probably. Ignatius, perhaps. And the third guy, another guy, well, I don't know about this guy. He may have went traded up. The third guy's name was Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, there, so there you go. How what strange. Are, yeah, How strange. A couple other little tidbits I wanted to mention that I no, noted down about this thing. Uh, the, the game has virtually no sound. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, with a but, and I'll get to that. Uh, this is a straight, as far as I can tell, this is a straight DOS uh, uh, conversion. In fact, we'll look at the port conversion real quick while I'm talking about it. Uh, it's it's uh, basically the PC version looks better and runs faster than the Amiga version, but they're virtually identical. Mm-hmm. Now, the DOS version also is it has the exact same noise, which is no noise. And I will say the in-level noise, and this is god-off. It's almost industrial sounding. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were thinking. 
Well, there, there there is a sound effects credit at the beginning of the game. Well, so somebody's the, taking credit for it. Yeah. Well, uh, there you go. So this game, I actually had a full soundtrack, Boaster. Yeah. If if you had the the CD version, right? There's an MS DOS CD version of this, and there may be others. I know. I mean, I, I didn't look at the Atari ST version, but I'm assuming it's pretty much the same as the Amiga. I've looked at the DOS uh, version that had the CD, and actually the sounds not bad. It's pretty good. The, the, it, it I thought the, the music. Sound. I thought the music was very atmospheric. I I like the music a lot in the DOS version. I thought it was good. Well, it, you have to have the right version of DOS to get it. Right. If you've just got right. the straight DOS disc version, you don't get nothing. Now, right. Something else, and I I was looking through the game well past where I got, and I was surprised to see nudity in the game. <laughs> Really? That was a shocker. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. So there's I a level the, uh... in this where you transform, I believe it's a gopher or weasel, into a hot naked woman to distract this wizard. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who'd have thunk it? And I checked. It's in the DOS and Amiga versions. Now, uh, the CD version of this has that censored. So mm. the DOS CD release had that censored, also, uh, uh, censored out of it. Also, at the beginning of the game, where you watch the uh, king and all his goofs uh, hanging out there talking. That, in the CD version, they've actually added uh, voices to that, mm. as opposed to just the babble you get. If you watch the end of this game, it's sort of comical. At the end of the game, there's the, the goblins come up in this big scene where like it looks like there's a band playing, and there's all kinds of craziness going on, and it's dead silent. <laughs> it's dead silent. <laughs> so I guess the guys over there couldn't be bothered to add any sort of sound. Yeah, uh, music wise to the Amiga well, I, version, it, it's just like so many things where you know they they program the you know for the the best possible way, and then everything else just gets the scraps. I guess it works the other way too, where you had like ocean conversions where they programmed it for the eight bit machines, and they just sort of upres those for the sixteen bit. So you never know with games like this. Yeah, um, the uh, the game has twenty two levels. The manual, it's funny, the manual for the a DOS disc version and the Amiga version is the same manual. Mm. So it, you're we're it's that's that's how identical they are. I use the same exact manual. Uh, the, but so I guess if you're going to want, I guess if you're going to play this, uh, you're going to want to get the the how often you going to hear this? You're going to want to get the DOS CD based version of Goblins <laughs> to get the full experience. I will say, playing these levels with no music at all made me think, man, I sure miss a game like Lemmings where right. they had music. Right. Yeah, and it's not like Lemmings music was like the all-time greatest music, but it was, but it was, it was pretty something. good. Yeah, and it was way better than no music. I you know? I put on some ambient type stuff when I was playing this game to kind of put me in the mood because that's 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 the kind of music you want when you're playing a game like this. Something that's just kind of in the background that's not going to get in the way and opens up your mind a little bit. Yeah, but well, listen, there you couldn't pry my mind open with a jaws of life to get past some of these puzzles, <laughs> and that's my biggest takeaway from this game. The puzzles are nonsensical. So if you now, again, if you look at this from one perspective, like I said, with the seeing eye puzzles in the back of Boy's Life, it upgraded to a game and played it just like that, you could probably enjoy this game on a certain level. If you're someone like myself who uh, wants to go, 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 if I had to watch that old geezer goblin stagger through these levels another time, I was going to cast a spell, and I did, actually I did cast a spell. It's called Turn Off Computer. I got that mm -hmm. sucker out of there. One other thing I wanted to mention: the uh, and when you get to a certain point in the game, you talk to a wizard. It's dialogue, and he refers to you and your buddies as gnomes. 
And so, <laughs> did you know something that? was lost and something was lost in translation? I well, one thing that we should mention is that there is an evolving story in this game. As you progress through the levels, you find out more and more. You get sent on different quests to do different things. Now, don't get me wrong; this doesn't change anything about the game at all. No. You're still solving puzzles, but they did sort of outline it with a sort of minimum amount of in-game story. That is, yeah. And you instantly get screwed over, by the way. This episode. Yeah. So these guys, by the way, don't look like what I, I... These guys are way more gnomish to me than goblins. Yeah. I have to wonder if this game was made at some point under the name gnomes. And they Maybe changed so. it. I think gnomes would have been better. But then who, who am I? There's no I in gnome. <laughs> That's true. They could have put O's in there, but it doesn't matter. Gnomes, you know. <laughs> um, the I looked this up. Uh, review-wise, before we get to the Discord looks at it, um, Lemon, the people over at Lemon Boat uh, gave this a pretty decent score, 7.91, not bad, almost an 80, almost an 8% or 80%. Um, The magazines sort of were, I don't know, mostly in the same ballpark. Uh, Amiga, I actually gave this an 81. Amiga Format gave it an 81. Uh, Amiga Mania, brother, gave it an 83 uh, Amiga Power 79. You see a trend here. See you, Amiga 80. Then you had some outliers. Uh, Amiga Joker. The, you know they don't like it. 62. 32. 62%. Oh, 62%. Uh, uh, Dator Magazine from Germany, 64%. And the one gave this a 63. They were the outlier from the big UK magazines. The overall uh, magazine rating score, uh, as pitched by Lemon. 74%. And I would say I couldn't fight that too much. I think there's enough here to have a look at it to see if it's your type of game. But uh, if it's your not your type of game, you'll know right away. Yeah. Did we get yeah. any dis- hot, hot, incredibly hot Discord action on this boat? No, no. No one left us a review for Goblins this week. Now, in all fairness, I was on vacation the first part of the week, so I only put this up a couple days ago. So maybe we didn't give enough people, we didn't give people enough time. To, uh, to check it out. Or I'm stunned. Maybe that's never, I don't know if that's ever that. happened. Yeah, that's stunning. Yeah. You know, this is the... I'll, uh, if I could be uh, totally honest here. When I saw this game come up, I'd never heard of it. And so I had a quick look at it. And I, I'm not going to lie. I It wasn't a game that made me instantly fired up to go play. <laughs> I just looked at it just like, <laughs> oh, man, here we go. But, I mean, it actually exceeded... In some ways, I know I sort of felt like I killed it. But it sort of exceeded my expectations in a lot of ways. It is. It's funny, and the guys. The, it's there's a lot of uh, love in it. You can mm-hmm. tell that the people that made it were put a nice, nice of little touches in it. You know, uh, to make it fun. Uh, again, it's either your type of game or it's not. And uh, even if it's not, uh, you can derive some enjoyment by going to YouTube and watching a playthrough. Just put the speed at two x, and then it becomes it becomes beautiful. Yeah. Because some of the puzzles are clever and they are funny, and it is it is it is fun yeah, to watch them yeah. unfurl. So hey, I looked this up on eBay by the way. I thought this might be an interesting one on eBay boat, and and it sort of was. Uh, so one of the there were there were uh, there's only a few that were currently up, and they were. One was currently up for auction in the UK going for $70 uh, complete in box. It's pretty high. Mm-hmm. There's a sealed copy available in Germany. Uh, they're looking for for $700 US or best offer. You, I would offer less. That. I'll tell you that, yeah. And one sold, one of these sold in the UK boat complete in box uh, recently 
for $83 U.S. dollars. Okay, so, well, you know, that's not unreasonable. That's not bad at all, Boat. Yeah. So if you've got this at the pad and you're thinking to yourself, I need a quick buck, not the worst idea. You could probably part with it. But, you know, overall, it's not the worst puzzle game I've ever played. Would I put it in the upper echelon? Because Amiga, that's one thing it does is they do a good job with, like, puzzle games. They do. And logic yeah. games. And I would say this is one that it, it that's fun and uh, enjoyable if this is your type of game. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, uh, you know, before we move on to the YouTube section, uh, I want to make sure and uh, make an announcement. Uh, Amigathon 2021 is almost upon us. Next mm. week, Aaron, uh, one week from tomorrow, uh, July 24th, uh, we will descend upon Amigo Studios for 12 big hours of hot, hot Amiga action, followed by more hours of hot, hot streaming action from yes. our community of streamers. Yes. So uh, if you have not yet been to visit Amigathon.com, you can get some more details over there. But basically, we're going to start at 12 noon UTC. We're going to play some games and we're going to toss it over to some of our buddies. We've got some uh, video coming in from Kim Justice, video coming in from Control-Alt-Reese, different Amiga things they want to show off. Then we're going to toss things over to the one and only Amiga Bill. He's going to play some games. And then another rising star in the Amiga community, Ash Said Hi, is going to do a stream. Then it's going to be back to us for some more fun times. And it's just going to be a fun day to raise some money for Children's Miracle Network. This is the uh, fifth year we've done Amigathon. We've raised over $12,000 since its inception. And uh, we already have raised over a grand just in the lead up. So uh, we hope yeah. you'll join us. If you can donate, it's a good cause. But if you can't, just uh, show up and enjoy some some fun Amiga times. Yeah, it's it, it, I can't believe it's already here, uh, Bo. Yeah. It's quite remarkable that uh, we that we've gotten here, and uh, I'm excited. I'm 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 in the best shape of my life, boat sorta. I'm in the best shape for playing video games and eating uh, eating f uh, free food. I can tell you that. Yeah, and I'm excited. To, I'm I'm excited to uh, see what's on offer from the folks that are going to be jumping in. That's going to be great. Um, uh, you know, Doug's going to be involved as well. It's going to have a lot of people coming in. I'm oh yeah, I forgot about Doug's going to be here. There's there's a yeah. whole cast of characters. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and then uh, afterwards, once we, the ball's going to be kept rolling, we're going to we're going to immediately the show's not over, brother. As soon as we get done, we're going to tip it over to our good buddy Jack Flack. He's going to keep the ball rolling. We've got uh, uh, some great streamers lined up, including, of course, Jack Flack, uh, Stevie Stroh from uh, from the Coco side of things. We've also got uh, our good buddy Mr. Cola. We got David Z is going to be in there uh, from Wide Wide World of Retro, and of course. Uh, the bad new bears of the Amiga Stretcher Gaming, uh, <laughs> otherwise known as the Team Speaker Regulars, have, are going to take and run an hour of this thing as well. So we're going to uh, let those guys go to work and have a good time. It should be a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully we'll raise uh, some good cash for the kids at the Children Miracle Network. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, Aaron, let's go to our YouTube channel. What's been going on over there, man? Yes, sir. Okay, we had a fun week of new video action uh, and I'll start with, uh, it's been a week ago tonight, this very night, myself and the Brent, live in studio boat, uh, we recorded this one, and this was our look at superhero games. Uh, superhero games, a huge genre to choose from here, boat. And uh, we did picked a couple Are of Are you and Brent sitting back-to-back? 
No, dude. Well, sort of. So it's a weird. Uh, it's, now let me explain this to you because this is it's funny. Remember, I told you that we had to redo part of the thing. Oh, okay, so okay. Here we are here in, uh, in in my in my studio here, and then when we go to the small screen, I turn around completely. You see, and Brooks behind me. It's a genius stroke of film production. That's you know that's Stanley Kubrick style. That's right. Nonsense, right that's there. That's correct. Anyway, we looked at two different, very different games. I looked at the old Spider-Man for the Atari 2600 boat. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, the Brent picked a real winner uh, here when he picked a Comic Zone for the Genesis. I think this is a great game. And so I think we had a couple strong games this week on superhero games. We had a lot of fun. And uh, if you uh, feel froggy, uh, check it out. We actually had too much fun on this episode being in the same room. But this is the first time me and Brent have filmed the show together for probably a year and a half. So it was, mm-hmm. that was fun to get. Well, I mean, that's as much a year and a half seeing Brent once. That's about the way I like it. <laughs> um, next on the docket here, a boat is uh, a little show that we like to call the 1200 XL. This got a lot of action, boat. Tell, tell yeah, us man. about it. So uh, we talked about Drop Zone on 1200XL this week. Uh, This is sort of a take Defender and make it uh, a lot easier. Maybe not a lot easier, marginally easier. (laughs) It's still a very difficult game. Yes. Um, And and put it out on the Atari 8-bits. It was later ported to a whole bunch of other systems. Uh, This is an Archer McLean game, also famous for his role in the Jimmy White Snooka. And uh, it, it, you know, it was had an interesting backstory. Uh, it's very beautiful. It's one of the best looking games, I think, on the Atari 8-bit system. Um, yeah. And it's uh, if you're looking for a challenge, this is this is the game for you. And then, you, of course, you can also tune in to watch Boat Barry the C64 yet again <laughs> in a violent way. By the way, the brownest of the brown. Don't tell me yes. the Amiga is the brown. That's some oh, brown no, right that, there. Yeah, that, that, that award will always go to the C64. There you go. So that was a real fun episode, 1200XL. I had a good time with that one. Now, moving down the pike if you will it's our good buddy jack flack the flackster ne- nearly beardless nearly well he he does this every once in a while See, there's a beard there it's just mind-numbingly gray that's what's <laughs> happened it's so gray that it actually the camera can't pick it up boat when it gets that gray. Uh, i see I anyways see. uh the uh, uh the, <laughs> by the way check that's this that's jack flack <laughs> c64 tree simulator he checks in on that occasionally but that this week Flack uh, looks at various defenders and defender clones uh, for the uh, C64, and there's quite a few. One thing you can't, you can make fun of the C64's color palette, boat, but the two things you can't make fun of are its ability to crank out sweet, sweet tunes, mm-hmm. and its ability to have 50 or 60 versions of every game. That's very <laughs> and true. And this is, this is another one, including, and I've got to make sure I don't show it here, this, it, it gets a little blue in one of these versions. <laughs> Believe it or not, only Flack can find the the uh, R-rated Defender clone. Hell, it's bad. So <laughs> he may have snipped that out. I wouldn't be surprised. But it was a stunning revelation to see that come up on stream. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to, uh, if you want to experience all the crazy uh, clones of Defender that the uh, C64 has offered, check this out. I should mention. Do you remember the old game Chopper Command for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? Was an Activision game, but yeah, I think you've got yeah. it on the wall. Someone. I mean, I guess it was, I don't know if a fan did it or whatever, but there's a port of it on the uh, C64 here, and it looks it looks identical to the 2600 hmm. version. It's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. So that was a surprise, because I'd played that back. I always thought that was a pretty good game. And yeah. it is sort of Defender-ish with right. a mission. I, actually, I think I like it more than Defender, but that's just me, Bode. So 
moving down the pike here, we come to the Hermster, the Hermski. Hermski this week, he's stripping, Boat. He's stripping. Stripping oh down a uh, ZX Spectrum 48K. Sorry to get your hopes up. Uh, so if you wanted to see what would happen when a, a dude took one of these things apart, this is the dude for you. Boat, have you ever, you've ripped into one of these, as I recall. Oh, yeah. I tried my best to break the one that was given to us multiple times. You did everything you could. You put multiple bizarre voltages into it. (laughs) You threw it, kicked it, slammed it. What's it it like in here, buddy? Was yours as clean as this one? No. No, Actually, you know, I will say the Huck did send us a clean device. It had been been manipulated on the circuit board a little bit. There had been some modifications (laughs) done. Yeah, violently (laughs) manipulated. Look at the, uh, as... As as Hermski pulls off the uh, the uh, ZX Spectre 48K top here, if you look underneath, uh, look at that. Just uh, 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 s- as much stuff smushed into a small area as you can conceivably get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if you think about how far we've come, that that uh, there's a chip somewhere that can simulate everything that you're looking. at. <laughs> That's amazing to me that that. No one takes that and thinks about it, I don't think. And maybe we should, because it's quite remarkable. It's funny, because I saw your good buddy, uh, Neil, uh, just today take apart a ZX81 on his show. Uh, If you haven't checked that out yet, always check out the RMC. And so he rips into a uh, a, a ZX81, which I have some experience with, thanks to ARG. And the uh, keyboard on it is straight up a sticker. (laughs) A, it's a st- it's a membrane sticker that wow. so that when they replace the that take a, they have to take a heat gun and just de-glue the sticker off the front of this thing. I'm not lying. Wow. So it's it's neat to see Hermsky. He actually took off some some sort of sensor plate. So they've yeah. upgraded the keyboard. Uh, t- Things were improved with the Spectrum. That's but, true. <laughs> think about it. You're looking at this. This is the improvement. So Hermsky gets down and technical with this. As usual, always the best stuff from the Hermster. And I would advise you to check this out. Get schooled, both. Get schooled on this. You need to watch this. Maybe Hermster can teach you something. Oh, I'm He's sure not he a can. miracle worker. At last, but certainly not least, bringing up the rear, our good buddy Fred ONL. The first years, boat, of the Tandy color computer, the first the, the first timid steps uh at forward for the uh for the Coco. And I can tell you right now. Don't expect uh, fireworks and dinosaurs in the first year. They were the Coco. What didn't exactly spring out of the gate. In fact, I see a lot of checkers and Othello being played here uh, uh, before he moves on to color baseball. Well, he's so. playing uh, color baseball. That I'm almost certain that didn't come out in 1981. What are you doing here, Frodo? You're getting off script, man. Well, we don't know that for sure. I would go with Frodo. I would trust his brain over your ability to remember that's, dates. I'm that's not gonna true. lie to you. That's true. I think I see skiing in here. Yes, I remember that mm. one. I, I see Space Invaders, the clone. One thing about the Coco and the Dragon, the Dragon always used those uh, real, uh, what would you call that, fluorescent green backgrounds mm-hmm. that the Coco did the, sometimes. The non-artifact colors, yeah. Yeah, and man, you could see these things coming from a mile away. That's for darn <laughs> sure. So if you uh, want to learn a little something, school yourself, uh, check out Frodo for the first years of the Tandy Car Computer 1980 and uh, Frodo doing doing uh, the Lord's work here, getting it done. I like to see. I like these deep explorations into the first couple years of these systems. You can see how far they came. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, how that looks they... like a pretty good Pac-Man clone, though. Well, as long as you don't want your Pac-Man to be round, listen, you're golden. <laughs> you can't ask too much. 
That, you know, it looks like he's being chased by the killer bees from that Odyssey game. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so there you go, Boat. Boat, I think, my friend, that is all we've got on tap. What did, did you and the Neil? You guys, did you guys? You didn't record this week, did we you? We didn't. We didn't record this week, so uh, we are off. Actually, uh, why don't you why don't you flip out and just do a just do a quick search for this week in retro? I'll tell you what we talked about because we did all have right. an episode that come out uh, last week, but we did not have one that came out this week. So Actually, there won't be one coming watched, out. Tomorrow. I just watched your most recent episode just uh, just uh, yesterday. Tell us about it, Boat. Well, I will as soon as you flip over there, and I'll tell you. Oh yeah, so we talked about because it's been two weeks since <laughs> there's been a lot of water under the bridge. Yeah. We talked about uh, if thrifting still pays or not. You know, we talked about how somebody spotted a uh, um, Minivision. Um, oh, what's the name of the uh, the game? I can't think. Of what Air Raid, Air Raid, yeah. in, uh, in in a Goodwill and stuck it up on shopgoodwill.com. It it, it was like thirty thousand dollars. So, and we talked about have things changed in the thrifting world? Can you still find bargains, or is everybody just so smart they're putting things up on eBay and uh, and selling them that way? What do yes. you think, man? Well, you listen. First of all, you I did I did enjoy the fact that you brought me up on this show. And rightly so, because uh, I am not afraid of anything. And and I, I was more than happy to go get that dirty pile of computer garbage. It ended up making me all that money. You forgot to mention the fact that I sold that thing to that German for all that money. That yeah, was the big well, I, we, we, Did you see how long we ran on this episode? I did. But listen, you should devote way more of the airtime to me. But anyway, yes, can you make some money? I don't know about, I don't know about going out to your flea market. I don't know about that. But there's deals to be had, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. As long as there's a sucker out there that's getting cleaning out the basement, you could be there. If there's a dude that's got to get a bunch of crap out of his attic because he's getting evicted, you could be there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If there's a guy that doesn't like his ex-wife and he's trying to clear out all of her stuff before she gets home, you could be there. <laughs> there's a lot of shady avenues you could stroll down and get and get loaded up on the good stuff. Can you go to... Uh, uh, a pawn shop or a, a established flea market and go in there and load up on the good stuff for cheap. No, it's Those almost right impossible. Can you go down to the Goodwill and find air raid on the shelf? God, no, you're not ever going to see that uh, because people are too savvy. And they, they nowadays they take all the electronics out of the Goodwills and stuff. And they just, I mean, they're in a case. If you can get them at all, they don't, it's very rare that they leave the good stuff. Even if, even if it's not that good, they just take it all. Mm -hmm. So, it, but it was a provocative, a thought-provoking segment that you talked about. But I mean, I still think there's a money to be made, there's deals to be made, there's uh, angles to be worked. But you've got to catch lightning in a bottle. Really, I think the best places to get deals are your Facebook uh, marketplace. That's probably the only good thing about Facebook is their marketplace, and uh, or uh, occasionally if you're still trolling around on Craigslist. I mean, listen, mm -hmm. almost all the pinball machines ever bought were off Craigslist. Uh, so, but you've got to be willing to go out and meet a guy at two in the morning in the woods, you know, and he's comes out of the car with a chainsaw and a hook, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you're like, Hey, where's that? Where's the CDTV pal? <laughs> you know, you're still trying to get, you still want it. You know, he's coming at you. That's, you've got to have that kind of gumption. You're still holding out hope. You're hoping, right? When, even if he digs that chainsaw on your leg, you're hoping that that CDTV is in the back. In the in the back seat, you know. I'll, <laughs> listen, I'll let you. I'll give you the leg, but just give me the CDTV. So yeah, I think there's stuff there, but it's not nearly like it was. That's what our yeah. intro boat. Yeah. So anyway, you can check that out and other stories every week on this weekend retro.
All right, Aaron. We've reached the part of the show where we have to thank all the fine folks that make this show happen week in, week out. You don't want me to read this again, Boat? <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't want me and Brett to read it? <laughs> I was physically uh, I was physically in pain. Um, but maybe it was payback. That wasn't was my payback. fault. <laughs> Um, so we're going to start with our Twitch subscribers. Uh, if you like watching the show live on Twitch, we record the show every Friday at five o'clock uh, here on twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. And you can subscribe to our channel that benefits us financially. And even if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you get one free sub a month. You can use that. That costs you nothing. Uh, we want to thank the following folks that do just that. Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Pints and Amiga, Blow Jellyfish, Eeyore 4077, Da Crabs MTG, Orom, Frodo and L, Scumvoice, Mediger One, Amy Steph, Retro Jerry, Paco Take, Jost 80, Buck Owens, Hermsky, Matt Dufort, Dave Velociraptor, RMC Retro, Daves and Donuts, Latwarski, Zezer Zezerfall, John Marshall 3, Texas Footballer, Butterberg 3000, Beach Bum 7, Retro Rewind.ca, Exile in Paradise, Pixel Rages, Still Adolescing, Chris Edwards Restoration, Mick Chessers. That's a, that's a really hard one. like bread. Yeah, Mick Chessers, Blue Train, Great Al G, 10 Mark, Super Famiking, Wide World Retro, Chronos Net, Explorer, Negsol, Deadless 75, Jigglebox, Captain Chaos DK, Uber Scuba Diver, Peeplo, and Memories of a Spectrum Gamer. Thank you guys so much for subscribing uh, on Twitch. You know, there's a fellow in there, you said some of Dave's and Donuts, mm-hmm. right? Every time I hear that name, have you know our, our buddy... Oh, it, it, I, I didn't say that right. It's Dan versus Donuts. Okay, so, yeah, you really blew that. I, so, I messed that up. You know our good buddy David Z, yeah. speaking of Dan versus Donuts. By the way, Dan... I have I'm undefeated versus donuts. I will say that. <laughs> but have you heard Dave Z's story about his donut guy? No. Dave has a donut guy out in uh in Arizona. Like and a guy know, that comes to his house like the milkman? Yeah, but he brings donuts to Dave. Wow. But Dave has little to no control over what shows up. <laughs> so this guy <laughs> might show up with like a dozen crawlers. It could be like some croissants. It's it's all and Dave. So every once in a while on the T-Speaker Records, if you listen, you'll hear Dave tell us about what donuts he got that day. So Dave, is, do you talk, when you when you can actually live somewhere where a, where some dude brings you the donuts, you you're in paradise, man. You that's are. where you that's where you, that's where you live. So yeah. good on you. You know, there's a place in Milton that's like they're called. I think they're called Donut Paradise. You know what I'm talking donut, about? It's it's donuts. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I want to call them Donut Exchange, but I know that's not the name of it. That's where you, you exchange the donuts you don't want for the. That can't be it, is it? Dave needs to hook his donut guy up with that. That would be great. <laughs> All right, now, Aaron. Ooh, last week. Oh, before we move any further. Uh, How many times have we said that in this show? We have a very, we have a very special announcement. Yeah, we want to wish the one and only Graham W. Webke a very, very happy birthday. Living legend Graham Webke, Australia's finest. Happy birthday, Graham. Hope it's a great one. Endured down there, my friend. Both by the way. Am I nuts? Am I out of my gourd? Am I crazy and say bonkers? Or I don't think we shouted your birthday out. The big man. Turned the big five zero boat. How's it feel, my friend? Well, I'll tell you in ten years. Oh God! <laughs> four the big four zero. 
the big four. So you and Graham are eerily near birth. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Now, do you think you're older than Graham W. Vepke? Yes, most definitely. Graham's probably about 26 or 27. And he's got you've got a lot more mileage on you than Graham yeah, does too. I've been road hard and put away. Because I've seen Graham's. Like if you look at if you go to Graham's channel. He's got all the pictures, and it's like he's like a, a Bond villain or something. Mm-hmm. He's got there's wine tasting and crazy food and these yep. incredible Crass views. Yeah, it's like what am I doing? I'm having spam on a paper plate, <laughs> and this guy's well, having Bourgeois de lait or whatever stuff I can't even pronounce. He's every day's a birthday for Grab W. Vepke. That's true. That's true. I'm looking forward to seeing Graham. Hopefully, we'll get to get together again. Maybe, maybe a boat fest. Uh, I know that Graham is a, is a bourbon aficionado, so we, I might have to take him on the bourbon trail as sort of a late birthday present. You but, uh, taking him on the bourbon trail would be high comedy because he's been on like he's on the champagne super trail. That's true. You'd be taking him over to the hillbilly. Uh, you'd be in the coal miners lounge. Still. Come on down. <laughs> Give me a break. But happy birthday to Graham and you, boat. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Now, oh, like it seems like six to eight months ago, we had a Patreon song. And the name of that song was Real American uh, by, I can't remember who. Who's that, it by? That performance you put down, Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer. He also, do you know what his other big hit was? No, I don't. Rock and roll hoochie coo. Oh, Rock really? and roll hoochie coo. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't well, have yeah that don't sing him. it. Please don't do that. <laughs> You you tore up Real American. I thought the Hulkster might charge your your basement and and, and deal with you with the twenty four inch pythons, brother. Now were you, you were kind of too old for Hulk Hogan, right? What's that mean? Well, like, but well, like you weren't really like when like when I was a kid and I was like brave enough to watch wrestling because it kind of scared me. Um, whenever I would hear like the theme, I would get so pumped up and I would start bouncing on the couch. Like yeah. I loved Hulk Hogan. But yeah. you were you. That was a generation past you, pretty much. No, right? I watched the Hulkster. I didn't. I mean, listen. You got Hulk got old, but he's a Hulk's a guilty pleasure type wrestler, you know. And he is he is the only he's the best Hulk Hogan he could be. Big blonde goof, big crazy tan. You know, he's he's just one wacky guy. Now, as he got older, and he got in all his trouble and controversy, the luster wore off of him substantially but yeah yeah i enjoyed his antics boat back in the day good i'm glad i'm glad well paul marfleet got it right and i, I forgot to announce that paul paul got the answer correct the week before too and i forgot <laughs> the answer so i apologize paul congratulations mitsuyama got it mitsuyama and blip blop so congratulations guys yeah you're now if you got that right you are a real american mitsuyama i'm talking to you i don't think any of those guys were american (laughs) yes they're all real americans boat all right so we're going old school this week aaron it's acapella patreon song oh man these always make me nervous if you know the answer to this week's Patreon song, please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. Don't and say it. I will announce you as a winner on next week's show. Yeah, please don't say it in the chat. Here we go. MC Chess is Chris Edwards. Ram okay, Ram okay. David Terrace, Carlos Matthew Mobius. Tough and Mega Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend. Christian Russell, David Z. 
Joe Trozanski, the Amiga Show, Daniel Crafty, Super Family, King Crazy Loomis, William Victor Scar Heavy Systems, Bundefrag Lord, Mark Bilen, All of Hope, Permski, Jonah, aka Simulant, Alien Breeder, David Lasser, Raptor, Cowboy, Bolain, Dins, and Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Base, Frodo, and El Sol Incisor, Tech Mage, Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry, Dinnings, Old Glove, Reflection, Simon, Lish, Captain Crispy, Killer Bison, Caffeine, Gary, Heather, Gay Free Lunch, Kate, Fox, David, Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Joseph, Terminator, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, uh, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Laramore, Andy Craig, Sean Zoho, Bach Bid, Roland Book, Andrew Monk, Joe the Zombie, Leif Kelland, Alan Kebab, Chicote, Level Lord John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figure CTZ, Guitar Solo, Slow Noah, Step on Zogan Bonson, Evan Helen, Linda 75, Christopher Hassel, Rafi Abbott, Chris Foles, Lauren Giroux, Graham Bamke, Adam Battis, Bill Price, Richard Davis, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THG, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, Not bad. That's the least offensive one you've done for a while, Boat. It was still <laughs> horrendous you. and an insult, but still not too bad. All right. So, Aaron, next week, we're not playing a game. Do you know why? Because oh, it's I Amigathon! Ah! Amigathon is next week, so Amigos will be dark on Friday, but we will be bright and airy and happy on Saturday. Well, I don't know about bright. <laughs> Airheaded and happy. You know, if you want an extra helping of Boat and Aaron, you can tune in tomorrow. It's Sunday. Tomorrow is... No, tomorrow is not Sunday. Tomorrow is Saturday. You can tune in Sunday, which uh, we, you will have time to hear this if you listen to the show on the day of its release. Uh, starting at three o'clock on uh, on Twitch here, Amigos Retro Gaming. <laughs> Boy, <we> will be <laughs> you're hitting the wall, aren't you, Boat? <laughs> we'll be recording three extra shows plus Ask the Amigos. We'll be doing Our Sinclair, uh, the Coco Show, um, twelve hundred XL, and Ask the Amigos. It's going to be a great time. Oh, we got lots of good questions. We're doing. Uh, let's see. Let's see if we can remember what we're doing on each show. Uh, we are doing. What's the name of the Our Sinclair game? Exelon. Exelon. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, 1200 XL Moon is Patrol. Moon Patrol. And the Coco Show is? Uh, I don't remember. Pit Stop 2. Pit Stop 2. Pit Stop 2. Duh. Yeah. I should know it. That's and, the then, and, and don't forget, I've got to record a fifth show on Sunday. That's right. As myself and the Brent take on uh, the Wheel Piece Guilty Pleasures boat. Oh, Guilty pleasures. That I'm looking be forward to this show because I yeah. like both games you guys were talking about. Yeah, this will be at 10 a.m. Eastern yeah. Standard Time for that one. And then come back at 3. Yep, yep, it's going to be a good one. All right. Well, thank you all for listening and or watching. We will see you on Amigathon. Until then, adios. adios.